Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, guys, cold turkey might be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. I'm not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor or waiting until Mercury's in retrograde and lighting your crystals up and lighting the right candles and all that type of silly stuff. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong, so instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit. Fume is an innovative award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, which gives your fingers plenty to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. Cho, tell them about it. Uh, first off, I'd like to echo what you said. Uh, fume equals good, uh, not bad. It, it is good. It's, it's, I was blown away uh, by the taste you know what I mean? Like, have you ever have you ever smelled something that smelled so good, and you're like, "Why can't I breathe that?" Uh, well, you can do that with fume. And as you pointed out, the feel it is just this fun little, perfectly weighted thing that I just, you know, I got to be doing something with my hands at all times, and it's just neat, super well weighted, and it tastes good. It looks beautiful. As I've pointed out on this show before, it looks like a little mini baseball bat that your papa whittled on the porch, but it's got this nice sleek metal uh, front part to it. It's just cool looking stuff, and it tastes good too, and it feels great. Stopping is something that we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the Journey Pack today. Head to tryfume.com. Use promo code POA to save 10% off when you get the Journey Pack today. That's tryfume.com and use code POA to save an additional 10% off your order today. Football is back in full swing, baby, with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly 
in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Listen, guys, get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code POA to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code POA. The crown is yours, Cho. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.sot1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-N-Y or text H-O-P-N-Y to 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for the problem of gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See Sportsbook dot draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply i think i did better you did better this week yeah if you'll have that nailed here by mid-season you'll be in mid-season form by mid-season <laughs> i believe That's it right. what's up airheads we're back once again in the uh, virtual airstream studios what's going on show not much, you know. Uh, how are you? I do. I have a couple things. I'm excited about this episode. It's going to be a fun one. I've almost got too much. I don't know how to pack everything in. Yeah. Well, I've got barely one thing, so, you know, it's good. <laughs> it's a good ratio. A thing that you showed me this morning, and I was like, yeah, we can talk about that because uh, I do like it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. I, before we get started... Because this goes back to my medieval torture devices. Uh, my bu- I have a buddy named Thomas. I won't say his last name because I'm afraid he and I both are afraid that you w- people would look at him differently uh, if uh, they knew exactly who this was that was saying this. But he texted me and he was like, buddy, next time we're together, which is a decent amount because he drives through the park when I'm walking. He said, you've got to let me tell you about sandpaper torture, right? He goes, you might not look at me the same. Now, Thomas was over He was in, in Afghanistan or Iraq or one of them. So I'm like, ooh, this is about to be some fucked up stuff, right? So I see Thomas today in the park, and I was like, buddy, you got to tell me about the sandpaper thing. He's like, okay, man, but, like, you know, just, just like, don't look at me no different, dude. And I was like, okay. He goes, all right. So sandpaper torture is basically this. You get a treadmill. And where the normal bottom of a treadmill would be, you replace that with the toughest grit of sandpaper, right? So people are running on sandpaper. And not only that, you put them in this small enclosure that there's no way they can, like, push up to get their feet off of it. They can't go. They literally can't go anywhere. There's, like, pins and needles and stuff on the wall, so you can't even prop yourself up. They're also at random intervals making it go from like 120 degrees in there to like 10 degrees in there screwing you up trying to get you all tired tired out um they are occasionally giving you food and water because they want this process to last a long time but eventually just like how in crucifixion you don't die from being nailed to the thing you die from when you finally give up and you just can't breathe in this the person eventually gets worn out they fall down and then the sandpaper slowly but surely erodes all of their skin and saws them down to a nub right and i was like dude jesus christ thomas i was like you saw this over there and he was like oh no i made that shit up dude (laughs) oh my god okay i was about to say dude i was gonna be like bro 
I think you've like broken some news on this <laughs> yeah, podcast. I, know, I, know. I, I was, I was like, because the torture thing was a big discussion, and yeah. I don't remember that ever coming up. Like, yeah. I think like that's like there's some people who would. Uh, be very interested to hear more of those. Yeah, that's that, why like, I wanted to phrase it like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause that's, that's how it was phrased to me. I was like, Holy shit, man. Like you need to go see somebody right now. Yeah. You got a couple of buddies that just sit around thinking up ways to torture people. <laughs> yeah. You told a similar anecdote last week when you're in like yes. fifth grade or something. Like, <laughs> and, and that was why, cause we, uh, we all, me, him and that person went to school together. And that's why he wanted to tell me this so bad. He was like, I was listening to that. And I was like, that's cool, but that ain't shit. I've got one for you. Were y'all like real into that, um, banged up.com and rotten.com that type of stuff? In keeping with the discussion of the old internet, the early 2000s internet we were having the other day, I was talking about chat rooms, but there was also, I never liked them, but the way you're talking about you and your friends, like, were you guys real into those, the, uh, like, the, rotten.com, those websites? No, I wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, me like, they I had would friends, send though, it, that were like and we would utterly... watch it out of morbid curiosity, but I was never happy when it happened. No. You know what I, I mean? Was, like, I was always if we were in extremely group, disturbed by that shit. Uh, I don't but, like you know, it. But I, I had like friends it. who were like, so fascinated by it or whatever who like they turned out to be totally fine you know what i mean yeah like, but it's all the warning signs of a serial killer you're thinking right that's what i'm saying but i'm just saying for the record like uh i don't know i guess it doesn't necessarily mean if they're also like you know you know torturing small animals and setting shit on fire and or wet in the bed you know if you got any combination of those things then you should probably be pretty worried if you got somebody fucking around on those uh deep web uh sites like that but you know that's a great yeah. point because it like that's like everybody always says like oh the number one sign of a, ser a, a future serial killer is if they torture you know small animals or whatever and like obviously in thinking about that i'm like yeah that makes total sense like if you'll do that something's wrong with your brain but like now that i'm thinking back like there were plenty of dudes in the south who fucked with animals for no goddamn reason and they didn't turn out to be serial killers but do you think it's because you also it have to be smart. You know what I mean? It can't just be that you like fucking around with small animals. You also have to be intelligent. Otherwise, your first kill will be your last. That's a big misconception about serial killers, actually, is that they're smart. A lot of them are not, dude. A lot of them are fucking dumb asses. But you got to be organized. Mm, kind of. You can also, if you're just random or whatever, like, you know, because most murders are like, there's a motive for it. Right. Like there's, you know, it's a husband killing his ex-wife for life insurance money or because she cheated or whatever, some shit like that. There's usually some like explanation, a drug deal gone wrong, whatever. It, so when somebody is killed for like no reason whatsoever, yeah. it's like and it's just totally random. It makes it much harder. That's true. Uh, for them to deal with. Obviously, they've gotten much better at it lately. But, you know, years ago, that plus just the lack of technology and stuff like you know you could be a serial killer and not be smart worth a shit some of them like are smart but i'm just saying like everybody thinks or used to think it's like it's like seven it's like kevin spacey and seven or something right but a lot of them are fucking just weirdo dipshits who are not well, smart at all um, yeah a lot of that is like is like the glory like you know i know that hollywood people don't think they're glorifying them they're like no we're just showing the true side of a monster but like they absolutely glorify them in a way and like every time you see a show about either a real serial killer or a fake one like they are always like hyper intelligent manipulative like monsters like that like they're never yeah. 
a dumb dumb. Now, granted, that wouldn't be an entertaining show. I don't get. I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to watch a show of just some bumbling idiot who kills a bunch of people and never gets caught because the cops also are dumb. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It, well, it's like it's like I said. There's the because my dad was real big into that type of shit way way before the true crime uh, the craze. Like in the nineties, mm-hmm. my dad was really into like serial. He had all these books about serial killers and stuff, and so and I snuck and read some of them. And Orton to they fucked me up. I was too young for that. Uh, <laughs> and but I know from reading those books, and um, it's very common knowledge at this point. Like you said, the torturing small animals thing, but it's also the other two. There's the three warning signs, especially if they're t- together. It, but any one of them on its own can just be like fucking boys being boys or whatever. Right. Like one of them's bedwetting. Anybody can wet the bed. You know, oh fucking, yeah, I did that. Like right, but like bed, like persistent bedwetting into like teenagerdom and shit. Like like a like path right. like a problem. But there's but there's like there's been famous comics who were bedwetters and shit. Like that I'm saying, bed you, bedwetter don't mean you're gonna kill people. What's but the apparently, rationale bed, on that? Bedwetting plus pyromania. Is a yeah. big one, and again, yeah. that's another one. I knew so many fire bugs when I was Me a kid. Like, just fascinated with fire, you know, burning ants and shit. You know, just fucking around with fire, hugely popular. But those two together, plus torturing small animals, that's like it just an alarming number of serial killers have those three things in common from their childhood. Apparently, okay. so we, we're we've just run into a really good situation or really good explanation or, or example is the word I'm trying to think of, of one of these things is not like the other pyromania and torturing animals. I understand the logic behind why you would think this person might grow up to be a bad person. They have no empathy and they like causing destruction, dangerous things. The bedwetting that like, are they suggesting these people were peeing on themselves on purpose or like no. that there's some sort of like what, what's happening here? It also could be a chicken and egg thing, right? Where you're right. like, like it's just a bunch of serial killers were bedwetters and they were younger. But it could be that like being a bedwetter makes you super insecure and fucked up in your head and feel weird about yourself. You don't ever want to go over to anybody's house, hang out or anything. So you know, you'll piss all over right. everything. If people at school find out you're a weirdo, you're probably a weirdo already. You know, if you're a future serial killer, but like, right? It may not. It may you know correlation don't equal causation. That whole That's argument, true. like. So it could just be, you know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of different ways to look at it. So, yeah, all I know is those three things were just three things I found a lot of them had in common. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and I've only got one out of the three. You know, I did wet the bed. Like, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was consistent when I was in middle school, but it did happen on occasion. And it was, and I get that about, like, not wanting to, I, I did like, I don't know. I could I could totally see what you're saying with a chicken or egg. Like if someone had horrible bedwetting problems, they never wanted to hang out. They didn't develop social skills. And then they wanted to kill all the people that made fun of them. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Could be that. Are you hoping to budget your food expenses this fall? You want to get more bang for your bite? We'll do it with America's best value meal kit. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping with no hidden fees, so you can count on great value week after week. Plus, only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. Ingredients? Yeah, them too. They got brand new ingredients. Ingredients is. Uh, choose every plate over takeout because you're going to save money. Their meals are 50% cheaper than your average fast casual meal. They're the easiest way to eat 
affordably. And by the way, you're making the sustainable choice because every plate offsets 100% of their delivery emissions. Uh, and their meals uh, have a 31% lower carbon footprint. That is amazing on average than supermarket meals of the same portion. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas in the U.S. Trey, you love this stuff, as do I, but tell people. Yeah, I've been a huge fan of this stuff for like, I mean, I don't even know, multiple years at this point, ever since I found it and never looked back, basically. I love every plate. Uh, my favorite thing, I like to cook, uh, but it makes it as simple as possible for you. I used to always go to get groceries for that week's cooking, and I'd end up throwing, you know, I'd get way too many zucchini or whatever and end up wasting food, which I hate. With every plate, you don't have to worry about that because they do all the measuring for you. It's a huge help. Also, it makes you feel kind of fancy, gourmandy in the kitchen, it, it, like, recipes i never ever would have thought of on my own i'm making you know apricot jams and stuff like that a sauce with them things that things that you just wouldn't do without a service like every plate and uh and it's tremendous i love it my wife loves it the whole family loves it i'm a major fan of it and if you think that it you know some people think that meal kits are expensive but they're not you can get the same deliciousness at a much lower price with every plate so here's what you can do you can get a dollar forty nine per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and then entering the code four nine POA. That's a dollar forty nine per meal. Can't beat that. If you go to everyplate.com slash podcast and then enter the code four nine POA. That's up to a hundred and ten dollar value, y'all. Check it out. Um so I guess I'll just go ahead and get into the thing that I was going to talk about. It was suggested by uh, who? It was an air editor. Air uh, editor. That's what they're called over on Reddit. Our, uh, our putting on airs over on Reddit uh, man managed uh, by our moderators, uh, Radical Riley and uh, Aunt Tiff. And uh, yeah, Matt K. Do you got it there with you? Uh, no, I don't. I just got a notification that Devonte Adams is questionable now. So anyway, I don't know. I I'll read, I'll read I know it no off. one cares. We're not going to belabor it, but I'm just having the most Raven start to any fantasy football season I've ever had in Did my life. Did you have Aaron Rodgers? No, but I had, I dra we drafted early. I drafted Jonathan Taylor. He, that was before he was ruled out and all that. He was still supposed to be traded at that time. That's why you don't draft early, but it wasn't my decision. Anyway, I had him. I had Travis Kelsey, who ain't played yet. And then, uh, you know, DJ Moore don't hit. J.K. Dobbins blew his Achilles out. Mm -hmm. And now Devontae, Joe Burrow had the worst game of his life. And <laughs> after, now, after just signing that contract. Yeah. And then the only guy I had who hit at all was Devontae Adams. And it just popped up and said he's been downgraded to questionable. <laughs> and I don't even know why. As a Raiders fan, also, Jacoby Myers had a great game. The other receiver, he got his head exploded at the end of it. So he's <laughs> yeah. going to be out, too. So if they're yeah. both out, then it real life sucks also from a fandom thing. Anyway, no, yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but I can find it. I mean, I know I'll, I'll read it. It's fine. Yeah. I uh but I want to say, uh, speaking of of fantasy football, play along with us and and do your picks and stuff at DraftKings using the code POA. There you go. So this was sent uh on Reddit from our buddy Matt K. And the the headline was Venn Diagram of Snobbery. Sorry, I had to burp, or social status. Hey guys, love the show. 
uh, and been listening since my wife turned me on to it on a quick road trip to North Padre Island, Texas. Y'all talking about hunting, and I shook my head in agreement the whole time. An idea I always had was the sheer mind-blowing similarities of social status from the two corners of the spectrum. From a small southeast Texas town without a single red light and one restaurant called The Burger Hut with two tables and a total of five chairs, I have seen a family who owns a gas company that only serves our town have basically the only two-story house with a goddamn pond in the back and the wife at the head of the PTA act and be treated in the same regards as high-rise Manhattan mogul family of ancient money might act. The sheriff and deacon of the church be as powerful as the head of the FBI. No amount of money could compare to the nobility of small-town hierarchy. I'm in my work truck and riding... Uh, and and writing i can't i can't read this part but it would be uh it would be fun to hear you guys give y'all's opinions on it i i immediately sent it to you because man uh is that not the fucking truth it's a great one and one thing i loved about it was again it's like it's a thing we could kind of just talk about you yeah. know and have to like go into research it's a hard thing to research i feel like uh you know it's not because everybody knows rich people are snobby but it's so true it hadn't occurred to me but it's so true it's like there's always got to be a trasher fish. You know what yes. I mean? Like, like everybody's got to have somebody beneath them. And that works all the way up the hierarchy. Now I'm looking at the other end of the spectrum here, but like, yeah, I, I've thought about it before. It kind of briefly came up on the show before, actually. I don't remember the context, but we were, I think I was talking about watching like a TV show about nobility and how I'd just be a piece of peasant trash. Of course. But, and then we were saying even like the fanciest people in like your hometown would also not hit when compared right. to a king and a duke and all that shit. So it kind of came up before, but I've thought about it since as, I, as I've gotten older, like, the dude, the people who were like the rich people in Salina, right? And there were only yeah. a handful of them. And it was like, thinking back on who those people were, it's like, they were such fucking trash. trash. Like they were <laughs> yeah. like, on, like they weren't, they had no like class or anything like they, they'd be laughed out of any room of actual, like, you know, Southern debutantes or whatever. Right. You know Even what I mean? in the and South, they didn't and, really hit. Right. And then those people, and then like Southern debutantes you know, wouldn't hit for like Manhattan elite for geographical right. reasons or whatever. The ones that got like real old money. Yeah. I think they are at the top of the, the heap across. Of course. They're all the number regions. one. The one from like those, like basically American royalty families, whatever right. like state they're from, they probably all hit together and drank the same blood and shit. I would assume. Well, in but interestingly enough, the reason that you can't really research this is because the people in these small hometowns that have all the money and they're the royalty, they are still so unnoteworthy that it's not like there's anything in print about them. Right. You know what I'm like, saying? Like one, you of the dudes, that one of the dudes was a slumlord, right? Yeah. Which like that guy, that racist guy that used to own the Clippers, he was a slumlord on a massive scale. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can make some money doing that, but that's what this guy, what he owned a bunch. He owned like all the trailer parks in town or whatever. Look like job of the hut, you know, right. like, <clears throat> talk like this and stuff you know i mean i remember him talking like that I, Man, I, sure one time, I was working at the my first ever real job was pumping gas at a full service gas station in salina <laughs> called the rocket <laughs> express right and it was pretty popular because people were like yeah 
let you know again there's always gotta be a trash or fish let, let that little piece of shit pump my gas yeah. for me make me feel in time people come by getting three dollars worth <laughs> you know acting like you do it i ain't shit you know but hey, I no, was, granted that was three gallons back then you know yeah i was 16 you know so i mean i weren't shit but anyway one day it was like coming a wrath of god thunderstorm pouring down and i'm in the little tiny office there and nobody's stopping yeah presumably because they were like oh that would be fucked up right yeah like to make this guy come out here and pump my gas because you had to stand there and pump it too right <laughs> yeah right. and so nobody was like stopping which i was click, grateful you couldn't just click the thing and walk off uh i want to say no but i might but you might couldn't not be because true. they're not they were very it old yeah. yeah right they were very old pumps and i feel like you couldn't yeah. do that with them but that may not be true it may just be how i'm remembering it but either way uh nobody was stopping which i was grateful for and then the guy I'm talking about, the slumlord guy, he pulls up in his big, you know, jacked up quad cab Silverado, you know, year or two old. It's, it's like a 02 or something. This is 03. And uh, pulls up, stops. I walk out there, you know, just getting soaked immediately. I walk around the truck, walk up to the driver's side window to get his like order or whatever. <laughs> and I walk up and stand there and the window's up and he's turned around in his console digging like... <laughs> And I swear to God, he goes. Like, <laughs> he like, he like t gives me the hold on a minute finger <laughs> while he digs around for something. While you just knew. look like Andy Dufresne out there. Just getting soaked, dude. And <laughs> and he just like tells me to hang on a second. And then he like finally finds it, I guess, and turns around, cracks the window the tiniest amount and goes, fill it up. And then, yeah. and then rolled the window back up and sat in there. <laughs> so like, you know, it was that guy. And that was, he was like one of the, you know, might've been the rich, nah, he wasn't the richest guy. There was one legitimately rich person in all of Clay County. And it was actually my grandpa's stepbrother, but they of course hated each other naturally. Right. Uh, so I never even fucked with those people. I literally barely knew them, but they, uh, have you ever heard of Honest Abe Log Homes? Yeah, I have. I see their advertisements in like on my way yeah. to Atlanta through Dalton. Like they build the log yeah. cabins and shit. That's that my grandpa's stepbrother founded that company. Uh, wow, they're like that family. They're like legit as far as that goes. So legit that I've never set eyes upon them. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> not not allowed to. You know what I mean? But like, right. other than them, it's a bunch of jumped up trash who ain't one of the other guys, the other, one of the other richest dudes in town, like salvaged vehicles. He like owned yep. the junkyard, right? Yep. And did a lot of vehicle that. salvaging and stuff. He's the guy that I told you recently, you were saying that like he, uh, you were, well, I don't want to put you on blast. So Go ahead, I don't care. What you were saying that it had been so hot. You've been like leaving your car running lately you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah to keep the ac going or whatever and yeah. and i, I said that i don't I do it all the time of, one of the richest assholes in my town i said was like known for doing that that's this guy that's the guy i'm talking about yeah. like everywhere he ever went if he went into a yeah. restaurant to go in and sit down and eat like the whole time or whatever it didn't matter he always left his vehicle running the whole time you know with the air on and that type of shit and i'm saying like that was like to the rest of us, that fact was like, yeah. you know, this uppity yeah. motherfucker thinks he's so much better than everybody else. You know what I mean? It was like, that was real, like, uptown shit for a person yeah. to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just couldn't believe it. And I'm saying, like, this dude, he looked like Travis Tripp, bro. Like, he, yeah. like, he was a junkyard man. Like, he didn't hit. 
he wasn't fucking like, he, you know, he wasn't actually high class or nothing like that. But, we, you know, everything is relative. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories, and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. But that's why a lot of those people, you know, it's big fish, small pond thing. And that's yeah. why it hits for and people. That's and that's why they don't ever leave. You know? Yeah. Why yeah, would right. they? Because, yeah, because right. I want to say two things. Number one, like the example of that guy doesn't turn his car off. Therefore, we equate that with money. And like, of, of course, that is like a luxury. But like, have you noticed that? Well, maybe you haven't because you've been like out in California this whole time when like the newer iPhones have been coming out and shit. But like a new indicator a so hilarious indicator that rednecks will use to say that person <laughs> clearly has money. I've heard this more than once, like a lot, like, Oh, look at him. You know, he's rich. He ain't even got a damn case on his phone. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's a thing. Like if you, if someone around here has an iPhone and they don't have a case on it, everybody goes that that's an indicator of money because if you drop it and break it, you don't, it doesn't matter. You'll get a new one because like, that's like, and the thing about iPhones is being broke now don't mean that you're not going to somehow save up every dollar you have to get an iPhone because it's like a status thing. You know what I mean? Like I know plenty of, and no offense at all, like broke people who still have an iPhone because like, it's just, it's just the thing you gotta, you know, you gotta have it. So save up money all year to get an iPhone and you best fucking believe that they're putting the, they're spending a good amount of money too on the case because they're going to have that iPhone for several generations of iPhones. You know what I mean? But again, and I've seen this, like people that don't have a case. And oftentimes it is true. It's like that, that person actually does have money <laughs> and they don't want to put a case on it. Cause they're like, eh, what, what I want to show everybody, I, I can't afford to get another one. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, and the second thing I wanted to say about the big fish, small, uh, small pond thing is like, yeah, there were, there are a couple families in Chickamauga. Uh, there's a couple more now, but when I was a kid, there's a couple fam- families who were like, genuinely they really did make a lot of money but there were a lot more families who we thought were super rich as shit and again for here they were but every single one of them none of them could afford to live in california <laughs> you know what i mean like like they, you know what i'm saying like they were loaded here and if they were to go to California, they would be middle of the road at best or any other mainstream city. And so, like, there is that part where you want to make fun of that person and be like, oh, yeah, you're hot shit down here, but you can't make it in New York City. But then there's the other part of me that's like, dude, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> like, I'm literally doing that. Like, one of the reasons that I stay in Chickamauga is because I make a really, really good living. 
for a motherfucker who lives in Chickamauga. I can be a king down here. It's amazing. Sure. Why would yeah. I go anywhere? Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I should <laughs> also say, I just thought about it. There was like, a, there were other like rich families that again, in Salina, they weren't, uh, one or two of them might have been like, would have also been considered rich in even Nashville or whatever. But But some of them were pretty cool. They weren't like, they weren't all like that, but some of them were like that. They acted like they was like hot shit when it's like, bro, this is Clay County. Like, True I don't, false I don't question. even really care how much money you have. You live here. Like, it's not. You True shit. false question. When we were kids, if someone, when we were kids, if someone made $90,000 a year, we considered oh. them rich as shit, right? Bro, absolutely. So that's what, that's yeah. what I want everyone to have the level here. Because, like, some of these people that we're talking about when we were a kid, like, they were the Beverly Hillbillies. Some of them weren't even making that. But, like, that's what we're talking about here. But, like, if in the 90s, if you even – I'm talking about dual income here. I'm talking about the wife don't work, the husband makes $90,000 a year, which that was the case. And if you if in the South, if you made ninety thousand dollars a year, your wife wasn't working because there used to be a thing, you know, called the middle class and like things was fine and stuff. But like that would be we would look at that and go, holy fucking shit. So that's the level of rich we're talking about here. The what I've always said about my hometown whenever this has come up is I've told people it's like you got to understand, like when I was a kid. The kids who had money, there was also, there was like rich kids or whatever, but then there was just like the kids who had, oh, they got money, right? Right. I swear to God, they got money in Salina. Pretty much what that meant was, generally speaking, their parents were still married and they both had a job, right? Yep. And that pretty much meant you had money, right? Like one, like one, of, the yep. people, one of the people that had money, his parents were married, his dad like carried the mail. Right. Right. His mom worked in like a school system or something like that. And it's like, oh, they got money or whatever. Like, and it's so the standard is just so different. But it also this dynamic exists on the other end of the spectrum, too, because like, you know, we did not. I mean, before the factory left and everything fell apart, my grandpa was definitely like a pillar of the community type guy. But then, you know, we, everyone like was everybody... a pillar of the community after the factories left. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of pilling happening around there. But uh no, he should have took some more pills, actually. He, he was yeah. like, one of them was like, thought doctors were queer until his heart yeah. exploded, and he wasn't even yeah. 70 years old, you know. Uh, he yeah. probably would have been better off with a few more pills, actually. But <laughs> he, uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, yeah, you know, we ain't, especially after that happened, we ain't have shit. But, like, but we, we, there was still, like, even families on my level and my other friends who also didn't have shit either, and I'm not, I didn't, I'd like to think that I didn't. I mean, I was a little like smarmy asshole, so I'm sure I made jokes, but like there were still like families that got looked down upon by those of us at the trash level. Do you know For what sure. I mean? It's yeah. like trash all the way down. Like yeah. there were multiple families in Salina that like even the trash was like, oh, that's the real trash. Or they're like right. multiple neighborhoods where it's like, that's where the real trash lives. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm sure within that neighborhood. I bet you in those neighborhoods or those apartment complexes, there was like a couple of people in there who were like, of course, I'm all right. Everybody else in here is trash, you know, yeah. like, cause it's almost just like it's human nature. And then on the other end of the spectrum, which we know much less about, but like, for example, not bringing politics into it, but like, it's always been said or rumored or whatever that like Donald Trump, right. Has long had a massive chip on his shoulder about the fact that he has never been accepted by like, the Manhattan elite, like the right. really old money, high class Manhattan people have never fucked with Trump. 
they think he's gross. Like they think he's right. trash. And it's like this dude is a billionaire who became the president. And right. these people are like, they won't deign but to money wise, his presence or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just yeah. won't do it. So, I mean, it's wild how relative that all is, but it's like a universal truth. That's sort yeah. of like snobbery or whatever, but, just something but we dude, do. But politics aside, if you do think about it, like to those old money, like, old, like dude, old money Manhattan people, it's numbers that you couldn't even conceive right. of how much, like, like they've got the type of money that like it, I, I'd said on a website where it's almost not even money anymore. It's just power. It's just everything. But like those people to Donald Trump, like he do, he don't have it like them. And like if you think about it, like the the difference between Donald Trump's net worth and Jeff Bezos's net worth is more staggering than the difference between Donald Trump's net worth and my net worth. If you like, that's I'm not talking about. I'm not even saying I'm hit. That's just true. That's just a hundred. If I made zero dollars a year, that would be true. That's how much money right. Jeff Bezos has. You know what I'm but, saying? But also, and that's true. I'm saying this is how wild this whole dynamic we're talking about is. I don't know this, but I guarantee you, though, that there are people in the big cities around this country, right, who are from these old money families that have been around forever yeah. that, like, operate in the shadows basically and i'm not trying to get all conspiracy about it i'm saying like these people exist no, you know what it, i mean like the, there's probably still the fucking Vander, there's still Rockefeller, rockefellers and vanderbilts and those types or whatever like their descendants these people whatever the fuck they're up to i bet you they don't fuck with jeff bezos agreed or maybe they no. like have to they have to because he's just so he has rich, more but like they don't respect them. they don't respect no. him i guarantee it i guarantee no. you they don't because he's like that, new money new money and he like he he don't have class he don't have decorum he don't have you know all this shit that they value and stuff i guarantee there's some yes. of them out there who are like jeff bezos ain't shit <laughs> and i'm glad that you brought that up because that's two, that's two separate levels that's a way that pe that's a way that somehow someone with less money than you can still look down on you if right. your money came newer and faster because yeah, like, of their name because or whatever. of the, yes so legacy like, all that right. shit that if Jeff Bezos super, don't have yeah if you're a super rich family and your daddy was rich your his daddy was rich and it goes way back and you've just had old money if someone first generation comes along and builds some sort of empire and gets a bunch of money even if they have more money than you you will look down on them because you're like they're they don't know what to do with it this is a flash in the pan call me when their kid has that same amount of money or whatever uh and uh you know and, and white people often be doing this to black people when they have money you know what i mean like that's that is a thing like that that they talk about i can't remember can't tell you how many times I heard people like from my hometown or other Southern people talk about like when a black rapper was a millionaire, they would just be like, oh, well, they've got new money. They would also say a phrase There's that I'm not going to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Martha Stewart uh, it, said it on uh, on a no, roast one time, wasn't it? No, it was Paula. Uh, no, so no, my, okay. It's no, the, on the, a Comedy the, Central roast. It was Martha Stewart, wasn't it? She said it was. The one that I sent y'all? No, no, my no. Buddy... I'm talking about, she was like, she said, they got a word for that. She was like, yeah. I can't, is it, and I think she goes, is it N-word rich or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that? I think no, is what I she said. The 
I was talking about the joke that my buddy Gr Goodwin, who's a comedian, and by the way, the guys, the phrase is "n word rich," uh, yeah. and I don't mean Nicaragua. Uh, n word rich. My buddy Gr, who is a black comedian, when Paula Dean, <laughs> when Paula Dean got in all that trouble, he tweeted out, "Man, she went from rich to n word rich." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty uh, great. But that is the phrase that they use. Uh, you know what I mean? For like some, and, and again, it's interesting because this person could have more money than the person making fun of them. But because their money is new, it's no good here. We don't want you in our club. We only, which is of course, like to me, it's such that's such horse shit because it's like that person is it figured. I will do that. Whoever that person is, they figured out a way to like make their own money. Most of these okay. people we're talking about. We're just literally born with it. Hear, like hear me born out. Born on third base, born on home plate or whatever. So, like, it, I get that it, it's them. It's like these people don't know how to act. They don't know right? the ways. That, yes. Yeah, right. Let me, and, let yeah, me, you can't know that. You got to learn that. But also, like, fuck those people. But, like, I know it's a I, real I thing. I agree. But, like, let me put it to you this way because it is similar. It's all about how you act there's a there's a certain like they're they haven't been in the system long enough to know how we operate it's weird hanging out with them because they're making all these dumb decisions me and you've been i've been doing stand-up for 20 years you've been doing stand-up for 15 plus right we've both worked really really hard we both have really good careers we're not fucking insanely famous or anything but i'm happy with where i'm at we're we're by no means unsuccessful we are two very especially in this business 99 percent of people who stand up behind a microphone and tell jokes would love to have our fucking career right now right me and you with the amount of money we make and the amount of success we've had let's say hypothetically a comedian comes along he starts doing open mics in march right and right now he's selling out madison square garden because he just bumped up real quick and he got super famous you gonna tell me that me and you are gonna want to hang out with that guy and call him a comic you know what I mean? But why can't we? Well, this guy just figured out something really quick. He just figured out a way to do it. Why wouldn't we? Because he wasn't in the fucking shit. You know what I mean? We don't know. We don't. He doesn't know the lingo yet. He doesn't know how to behave. I'm not now in this one. Like you totally understand. It's wrong in the other one. But like, I get it is what I'm saying. I get it. Right. But like, I don't think these dinner parties and stuff are being in the shit. You know what I mean? Like with yeah. what you're talking about with that guy. Yeah. It's like, you know, he didn't do the shitty biker bars and open mic songs. He didn't pay his dues and that type of thing. Now, for the record, because like because so many people thought that I was one of those dudes, uh, and some of them probably still do, um, even though I wasn't. But because of that, I'm like, it varies wildly how I feel about one of those guys when it happens. To I don't him. I try think, to no, gather some information and see. I know what I'm saying. Like some of them, some of them like go about it the right way and everything. And I right. respect that. And then other ones don't. And we both okay. have known specific examples of, of both types, you know. And the ones who don't, I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. But the ones that, rephrase? like, seem to be doing their best to, like, do it right, you know, as far as, like, what most comedians would think, I'm like, you know. I'm happy for That's anyone's right. success as long as they're not a dickhead. If you're not a dickhead, yeah, right. I'm happy for your success. And I don't care that you didn't do all the things that I did. Matter of fact, if anything, I'm just jealous. Let me rephrase it. I don't mean that they've not that they haven't been through the shit because obviously the rich people haven't been through the shit. What it is, uh, what it is, is that we can't talk to him the same as we would someone who's been in the business twenty years because they don't know the lingo yet, and we haven't. We don't have that shared history that's why when you're a comedian and you meet another comedian 
you're you become friends quicker than you would if you met a random person. Oh, yeah, Be- for because sure. you both have a shared history. You both come from the same world. There's a whole lot of your origin story that you don't even have to tell because you both just know. Right. And I think it's the same for these rich people. They only hang out with old money people. So they all have that in common and they all have the similar origin, similar stories about what it was like as a child. And they don't they can't relate to this person that has new money because it's not about the amount of money. It's about the lifestyle. And this person is new to the lifestyle and they don't want to be the ones to teach them how to do it. Right. Yeah. All that, you know, flashy cars and fucking pet tigers and all that type of shit. Don't you know, they don't, them. they don't go in for all that. They're like, and I'm you know, so for that. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like we've talked before. About, I really do not want to get into jerking off these old money motherfuckers because they don't have for me either. But like, it's like we've talked before about how there used to be like rich people. There used to be expectations of rich yes. people. They used to be the standards. There were standards yeah. for rich people. And now there just aren't. And you can just be a huge douchebag. It's almost like it's part of being rich is to be a huge douchebag now or whatever. And it didn't used to be that way. And we've lamented that on this show. Right. Well, some of these old money people, the ones that aren't aren't huge fuck ups, it's like they still have an element of that where they're Agreed. like, you know, there's a way that we are expected to conduct ourselves or whatnot. Right. And they very but, much look down on all the peasants and all that shit, but they're not out being flashy and shitty all the time in right. public. Like so like, you know, pick your poison, which one's worse or whatever. But you know. At the same time though, like the peop the, the person that comes to mind most when you say the rich used to have like this sense of expectations of what to do with their money. I think of Norm Rockefeller. That's the first person that I think of. Well, but like he was first generation hit. Like he didn't come from family money. Like, Oh, it he goes was, way, way, way back further than him. No, dude. I know. I mean, we, you, we talk you know about what I'm like saying? the medieval Lords, how they'd be on the front lines of wars and shit yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. And there, I mean, it like that, that was the standard for rich people yeah. for most of history. This right. like, this current version of it is relatively recent, really. Right. And I uh, mean, you know, like you said, we don't want to jerk off the old money people, but like, if you're going to be an old money person, that's the best version of it that you can be. And what are these people supposed to, what would you do? Give like not be an old money person. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like right. everybody knows you're dealt the cards. You're, you're, you have to play the hand you're dealt. And like, who the fuck would turn down that hand? You know? Well, some of them, some of them do. Some of them, yeah, like, right. And what's funny is I'll judge those people too, but in both ways. Like you yeah. just can't just give half of it away. What I mean is like, uh, like they'll change their names to try to make it on their own, which I respect. Cage. Uh, the ones that like do that but keep family money, I like that more because right. with the people that are just like, like, did you ever see a movie End of the Wild with Emil uh, no. Hirsch? No, I haven't. Uh, I know I've, that, I've read that, that movie. Book, got I think. jerked off so much, and it was like this kid with his wanderlust. What an inspiration! Money. All this stuff. I hated that motherfucker the whole time I was watching. And we're that glad movie. he died. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is the most privileged dipshit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, and and I, but like, I don't even know how rich he was. I can't remember. I've only seen the movie once because it didn't really hit for but me. He but he didn't like, have to be that way. He's given this check from his parents when he graduates high school or college one for like $200,000 or something. And he like rips it up and just hits the road. So, you know, so and, stupid. and it's part of me. It's like, dude, you have any idea how many people out there would, <laughs> would, would actually do something worthwhile with that if given that opportunity and would give anything to have it or whatever. It's like, it's sort of like how like a superstar naturally gifted athlete when they just like throw it away or whatever. And you're like, well, that's, you know, that's a shame or whatnot. Right. 
you know, uh, like, cause there's so many other people that'd love to have that opportunity. That's sort of how I felt about that guy. And then also like just the hubris too. Cause he ends up, you already knew that he died. He ends up dying. Cause he like, yeah, I read makes the book. His, he makes his way. Oh, you read the book. Uh huh. Yeah. He makes his way into the Alaskan wilderness, which yeah. is like some mean bush that you don't just fuck <laughs> with on a whim. Right. Unless you're a and fucking he, retarded rich kid that don't know. Right. For some reason he thinks he can handle that. It's like, yeah. what would make you think you can do that? Right. right. And like, anyway, he got on my nerves. Uh, yeah, no, no. He's super fucking sucks because like, there's a bunch of like in his brain, he thinks like, the poor people would respect me for not taking the money and just that's trying what to I'm make saying. it all my own. Yeah, no, I know you are. Like some of them give it all and up. It's a and slap I'm like, in the face. It's a it, slap and, in the face. Right. Yeah. Like, right. I feel, yes. and I feel the same way about white privilege. Like I don't think I should have it, but I do. So anytime it's advantageous to me, it would be a slap in the face to the people of color community if I didn't at least appreciate what I have because all of them would be like are you shitting me I would kill for that opportunity why aren't you fucking take don't take a stand you know what I mean <laughs> fucking take your shit that's yeah. how I that's how I justify getting a, you know like getting things handed to me sure I have what, to. What, did, what did you want to talk about uh well Trey I had and, and by the way um I have. I wanted to talk about two things, uh, if if you don't mind. I have for my last topic because you can't follow this shit. Um, I have a bunch of dirty letters from history. I've done this before, but actually, it was just with Mozart. I think I did not know how foul it could be. Like mm -hmm. uh, James Joyce, my friend. Yeah, I've heard is, that. It will, but you haven't read them, have you? No, I've maybe seen excerpts here and there. I've just, I've heard that about him. I know he were a freak. It's more insane than you would even think. So graphic yeah. that, think think about how graphic this is. I'm putting out a disclaimer right now. Mm. This shit is, vi I mean, it's hilarious to me and I'm not offended by it. And it's not racist or nothing. It's just like, I will say this. If you're into them kind of books that my wife is into, like vampire threesomes and, you know, wolves getting eaten out and shit, you're going to love it. But my dad is probably going to walk away from the computer for how foul some of this shit is. Um, but before that, I've been wanting to talk about this for a couple of weeks, and it's definitely still in the news, but it's it's going away, so I'm going to talk about it uh, soon. Did you Have you heard anything about the French wine surplus that's going on right now? Uh, I just You had mentioned it, but I didn't like look into it or anything. Okay, so basically, making here's what's happening. They have... They have a surplus of wine in France. I immediately read that, and I was like, I bet they do. You know, they probably stay having a surplus of wine in France. But basically, here's how it's working. Uh, making wine is getting, like, way more expensive due to inflation. But at fucking the same— Joe Biden, dude. Joe Biden, Joe Biden fucking up the French, French. wine trade. Like, that's how, that's how far-reaching and powerful he is. He's even a shitty president for France. Oh, trust me, I'm not happy with him because of this. But there was <laughs> there was a there was a part of this that they're using to explain why, like, it's not just that; it's also a lot this. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, that makes so much sense to me. And I actually have a personal like a uh, personal testimony of this. It's getting more expensive to make wine, and at the same time, people are now drinking less wine than they ever have been. Now, apparently the consumption of wine has been on, I won't say steady, but it has been on a decrease since like 1926, but there's not really been like huge drop-offs or anything. But I was sitting there going like, I was like, 
it can't. I was like, I know that the economy is terrible. So it's like people don't want to spend money on wine. But I was like, but we all know that like alcohol, gambling and entertainment. These are the like the um, the recession proof things. I know people yeah. are still sin, drinking sin, sin stocks, I think is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, sin sin stocks. Stocks. Yeah. I was like, so I know people are still drinking. And then it like just kind of hit me out of nowhere that like me and my wife and you, we used to drink wine like maniacs like crazy we would drink wine and my wife has given up wine and everyone i know who has given up wine has replaced it with seltzer seltzer wine wine has lost the ambers of the world yeah that's a wine. Yeah. it does make sense because wine like white people love yeah. wine yes and white people also love seltzers now so right. it's like seltzers has cannibalized the the wine market you know yeah or the white people market from wine. I mean, yeah, I could buy that. So me people... too, because when I think about it, the only reason that it's not that me and you loved wine. We loved getting drunk. Let's just put that out there. We loved getting drunk. The reason that I, that I always went to wine was because it was on a night where I was like, I'm just not in the mood for beer. I'm just specifically yeah. not in the mood for beer. And nowadays and, and by the way i still love beer i still drink beer i've been drinking a lot of land shark they're not supporting this show but i've been drinking a lot of land shark to support the jimmy buffett foundation god rest his soul um but like whenever i'm not in the mood for actual beer i don't go for wine anymore i go for seltzers and it has truly cornered the market and i think affected wine like a tremendous amount so that makes sense to me but like in bordeaux they have all this fucking wine but they in order to make a profit off of how much it is that they are it's costing them to make it they would have to mark it up so much that they know nobody is they're like dude people aren't buying it for the when we have it t for 10 times less than that like they're not gonna buy this shit so in the in June of this year, the European Union stepped in and they gave France one hundred and seventy two million dollars to do what, Trey? Destroy 80 million gallons of wine. Right now to like reset the, way, the wine market or something because it was out of whack. Yes, to reset the wine market because it was out of whack. Now, when they first said this or when I first read this, I was like, OK, but how does destroying it work now? They're going to have to make it again. So like. How does this work? Well, what's happening is they're not going to just when they say destroy the wine, they don't mean that they're going to pour it out. What they're going to be what they're paying them for is they're paying them an amount of money so that they can afford to then distill the wine back to its pure alcohol form so that they can then make cleaning supplies with that pure alcohol, uh, which cleaning supplies probably recession proof. You know what I mean? Had Hand no idea you could do yep. that. You could me do either. that. That's wild. Yes, me either. So they take it and they turn it back into its pure alcohol. They make perfumes. They make uh, hand sanitizer. They make Lysol. Like basically, their whole thing is like France is going to take all of this distilled wine, turn it into pure alcohol, and sell it to Lysol or some shit like that. And then once everything is back in balance, they can you know get back on their ship. By the way. That amount of wine is enough wine to fill more than a hundred Olympic sized swimming pools. That is a fuck ton uh, of wine, and I love this. It, and I, I, I don't have much more to say on it except for it reminded me of that Brian Regan bit. That's why I want to even talk about it. You remember the Brian Regan bit when this has happened several times because, and I know this because my uh, family in law is from Iowa, but Iowa had a, a corn surplus one time and they paid all these farmers like hundreds of millions of dollars to not grow corn. I was going <laughs> to bring that up. 
I was actually <laughs> going to bring that up. I was like, we give farmers subsidies all the time to not grow corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they did it. And Brian Regan had that bit where he was just like, he was like, so what'd you do today? Uh, got up at the crack of noon and made sure there wasn't no corn growing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's essentially the same thing except for with wine and uh, with France. So I thought that was a, uh, I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. For me with wine, it was always a, a matter of like, you know, I don't want a bottle. Of, I don't want a bottle of liquor. I'm not a lunatic. Right. <laughs> like, uh, but I also don't want to drink 14 of something. Yes. Right. So wine was a good middle ground. Then for me, I just kind of, as I got older, I just drank, I just drank way less than I used to period. So like seltzers are, I'm not going to drink back then, you know, as a heavy drinker, younger and heavier drinker. Like, like I said, if I was drinking beer, I'd go through them. But now yeah, if I'm drinking seltzers, I, I don't, you know, I'll drink, right. I don't know, four or five or something. So like, I don't have the same problem anymore. I'll still buy a box of wine, exclusively boxes, of course. You yeah. Know. Well, dude, I mean, don't fuck listen with bottles, but, uh, I didn't, I, it, I wonder if the seltzers have also taken over Europe though, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Cause I, I mean, thought was, Europe was like the real wine drinking motherfuckers. Right. I mean, you know, obviously I know America be drinking wine too, but like glass well, wine, fancy dinner type shit is what I yeah. think of. You know what I mean? Like I know we would drink it just to get drunk and I know right. people do that, uh, you know, like don't call them winos for no reason. Right. But I'm saying what people are not doing is sitting down to a nice dinner and ordering your finest grapefruit white claw. <laughs> Chilled, please. No ice. Like, no one's doing that. Right? That's true. So, like, I don't know. I guess it's just how much of the market was people having ex expensive dinners and having two glasses of wine. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. in order to sell a lot of shit, like, Budweiser is not making all their money because you have two at Texas Roadhouse. You know what I mean? Like right. they're making it because you have 30 on college football day. So I'll have to get into that, but I'll have to like look into that because yeah, I don't remember when we were in the UK, speaking of which we were in the UK to write our book and it, uh, it comes out next week, September 19th round here and over yonder, please pre-order it. The link is in the description to this episode, or you can go to tradecrowder.com or corridorenforcer.com. But do you, when we were in the UK, do you remember seeing a lot of seltzers because i don't i don't remember that at all no no because like, i, I would order right yeah they had ciders yeah um, ciders their thing uh yeah no so see that's what i'm saying and it's also like and i know this is just a niche part of the market too i get that but like you're going to a a, a house party or a get together or something right you know, you're not bringing a 12 pack of white cloth. You know yeah. what I mean? They open the door and it's like, Hey, congratulations. You know, yeah. here's this a is a half a rack a of fucking, you know, bitch beer. Yeah. Uh, this is a 2023, uh, grapefruit yeah. seltzer from yeah. the Panama city beach region. Yes. It was, yes. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the spiked tea variety pack <laughs> yeah. exclusive to the spring of 2022. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, this one is uh has notes of your favorite ice pop as a child. Uh -huh. It's uh and uh staticky undertones, if I may say, with a sour aftertaste. A little bit of bite. Of regret. Yeah. Of yes. regret, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh but I th I just thought that was super, super interesting. But like I'd never like I've heard about surpluses before where they destroyed shit, but for some reason the wine one was the only one where I was like, I need to look into 
how that fucking helps, like at all. Because if you just, if you, this is one of those cases of if you don't read the article, you will think a hundred percent that they are fixing a problem by pouring out a hundred Olympic swimming, swimming pools full of wine. And that will never make sense to anyone, but they're not, they're doing a thing that I did not know was possible, which is pretty cool. So I have Trey. Um, I don't know. You tell me how much time, uh, you tell me when to stop because I've got plenty of these and they are the last time. I think I'm a pretty good, I would like to think I'm a pretty good barometer for people's uh, stomach for this sort of thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd like to think so. Cause I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I love making butt fucking jokes and stuff like that, but I also get to a point where I'm like, this is enough poop pussy stuff, you know? Like, well, I I, want... I, that's why I'm putting this disclaimer out. So like, you know, you can't be mad at me, but this, these are all from historically influential and important people. I wouldn't just read smut off of the Pornhub comments. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that, that, I mean, this, we're talking about Charles Bukowski. We're talking about James Joyce. I'll be honest with you. It's mainly them too. Uh, but <laughs> there is enough there. Well, we know so, that Mozart did it too because we covered. And that I already before. read those. And I already yeah. read those. Yeah. So I would like to start um, with a letter that Charles Bukowski wrote to Linda King. Okay, here we go. I liked your hand walking act. That got me hotter than hell. Everything you do gets me hotter than hell. Throwing clay against the ceiling. You bitch. You red hot shrew. You lovely, lovely woman. Kind of went de-escalated there. Um, (laughs) You have put new poems and new hope and new joy and new tricks into an old dog. I love you. Your pussy hairs I felt with my fingers. The inside of your pussy, wet, hot, I felt with my fingers, you, up against the refrigerator. You have such a wonderful refrigerator. Your hands are to God. I did not, I did not think that refrigerator was how that sentence was going to end. You have such a wonderful. Imagine uh, how hard that refrigerator hit. But yeah, right. Like, like she, she must build this very graphic fucking sex yeah. let missive to be like. By the way, that refrigerator, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that is top notch. That is a high quality item. Where'd you get that? Sears catalog. What are we talking about? Uh, how much that set you back? Anyway, that's what I'm saying. Anus. Like she must and have my... had the first fridge that had a separate <laughs> compartment for vegetables or something for it to be this noteworthy. That's oh that's wild. Dad, please clip this out and make it a clip if you're listening. Um, okay. You have such a wonderful refrigerator. Your hair dangling down, wild. You there, the wild bird of you, the wild thing of you, hot, lewd, miraculous, twisting after your head, trying to grab your tongue with my mouth, with my tongue. We were in Burbank and I was in love. Ultramarine love, my good goddamned goddess, my goad, my bitch, my, 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 my beating, breathing, hairlined cunt of paradise. I love you and your refrigerator. And as we grab. No, that's me. No, you you put that in there. Nope. (laughs) I swear to God. I loved you. I love you and your refrigerator. And as we grabbed and wrestled that sculpted head, watching us with his little lyrical, cynical love smile burning. I want you. I want you. I want you, 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 you. Yes, that is it. Five years. Okay. That's the fucking, 
it's unreal. What is the it's unreal. refrigerator thing about? Because like Bukowski, we're talking like what the fifties? Yeah, like right. So it wasn't like the thing. Like, hey, check this out. I got the thing on the door. Look at that. It's like with the crushed uh-huh. ice. Look at that. Then that crap. You know, because that shit, I could see that. Like the yeah. first time you ever saw that while yeah. you know porking. And you're writing a letter, and you're like, also, I just got to say, my (laughs) God, the advances they have made in the refrigeration (laughs) industry, that crushed ice dispenser pretty well brought to mind the resplendent hues of a paradise beyond this realm that it did for me. Like, but it couldn't have been that. No, it couldn't have been that. It was just a block of ice in a wooden chest. It's like icebox shit we're talking about. Yeah. What could it have been that, uh, affected him so about that refrigerator i am so I'm genuinely so curious it's funny what that like, fridge was because i yeah i can't i don't i think that is unknowable i doubt you can google that right uh but i'd really I, like to know i'd like I, to see that fridge and and assess it further <laughs> i had so much trouble with this list because when reading that i was dying laughing and i was like that's what you should close with but then i got to james joyce and it started this kind of flow and i was like you can't follow this shit bruh so let's get to james joyce follow that refrigerator pussy huh james joyce my love for you allows me to pray to the spirit of eternal beauty and tenderness mirrored in your eyes uh, or fling you down under me on that softy belly of yours and fuck you up behind like a hog riding a sow Glorying in the very, (laughs) yeah, glorying in the very stink and sweat that rises from your arse, glorying Mm. in the open. Don't let the stink out, baby. No, baby. Joyce knew he knew the deal. Whatever you do, don't let the stink. And buddy, the stink back then, goddamn son. Now, granted, none of us ever even smelled that kind of stink. That was no, we didn't. No, that kind of stink no. is it? That's that extinct stink. Extinct. <laughs> extinct. <laughs> but dude, like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but they were used to that stink, you know. So like, yeah, that- well, you're, we're used to what people smell like, but you still get down to like the butt, you know. The butt. When you throw it down, yeah, it's you still can. It's the stink, you know. Yeah, you know what the stink be? And they didn't have wet wipes back then, or no. days, uh, or deodorant. And they all had to wear like 19 layers, even in the yep. summer. Otherwise, they'd be stoned for being a prude or, or a non-prude. Yep. Okay. The very stink and sweat that rises from your arse, glorying in the open shape of your upturned dress and white girlish drawers, and in the confusion of your flushed cheeks and tangled hair. It allows me to burst into tears of pity and love at the same slight word, to tremble with love for you at the sounding of some chord or cadence of music, or to lie heads and tails with you, feeling your fingers fondling and tickling my bollocks, or stuck up in me behind. Hey. Ass play. Hey. hey. Nothing new under the sun, baby. That's what I'm saying. You, know, You're hot you think like, you know, popping a prostate. It's a relatively recent innovation, but those cave people popping yeah. butt pussies, you know? No, I Presumably. know. I remember one. You know what it was. You know cave people was butt fucking, shoving fingers up butts and stuff. What else so, did they have to do? Right. You know what I mean? Right. I remember so when I was a kid. why would it be kid. surprising that James Joyce liked to finger up the butt, you know? Like, yeah. I, of course he did. I remember, I, rem- yeah, I remember when I was a kid and I just learned what blowjobs were and then I like heard blowjobs in like a historical context and I was like, 
they were doing that back then but like of yeah, course right. they were you know what i mean but right but up the butt that still seems new even even though uh uh tickling my bollocks are stuck up my behind and your hot lips sucking off my cock while my head is wedged in between your fat thighs throwing shade uh-huh. Like fucking, she caught it. She caught a, uh, nah. a uh, what is it? Nah, man. Back then, fat hit fat hit, right? Like right, yeah. Being a plump woman, that was fucking what's up. Now, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with it today either. I'm not. I'm not saying. But I'm saying like back oh, no, then, it was like for me that hit. Back back then, they aspired to such. I believe. I mean, that's what I've always I heard. I believe too. And that's good because he continues, my hand clutching the round cushions of your bum and my yeah. tongue licking ravenously. Up your rank red cunt. Your rank red. Like, that means stank, right? Rank. Yeah. Rank red cunt. (laughs) (laughs) You be nasty. Yeah. That's uh, that's intense. It's one thing to call a woman fat, but calling her stinky, I don't know. But apparently that was a thing. I have taught you almost to swoon at the hearing of my voice, singing or murmuring to your soul the passion and sorrow and mystery of life, and at the same time have thought you to make filthy signs to me with your lips and tongue, to provoke me by obscene touches and noises, and even to do in my presence the most shameful and filthy act of the body. I don't know he, what he that doesn't means. clarify. He does like, not clarify all this other stuff. <clears throat> he's sounded, just openly said. So like shitting, shitting on his what chest. Is, I'm about to say like, what is the thing he's hiding? See, I said, I said earlier, I brought up poop at some point. Cause I thought oh my God. I remembered Holy hearing. Shit, he does go off. I say, Holy I, shit. I, I, I was about to say, I thought I remembered hearing that. I said, I knew he was a freak and I oh my thought God. it was poop stuff. I, I hadn't like, read this far poop. on. I hadn't read this far on. The most shameful and filthy act of the body. You remember the day you pulled up your clothes and let me lie under you, looking up at you while you did it. Then you were ashamed even to meet my eyes. You are mine, darling, mine. I love you. Holy, because I didn't read the whole thing. I got two lines in and I was like, I'm definitely reading this. Holy shit. Woo. Man's like to get pooped on. Well, that makes the And also, apparently, if a man does like to get pooped on, pooping on him. That's a way to that's straight yeah. to his heart, evidently, because it you know right. he was he was beset with affection for her after that moment. He's like, God damn, this is a real one here. Yeah, Not just anybody def- poop on you, you know. Yeah, they're. I was about to say they're def- Those are more extreme needs. Like if you're the guy yeah. that likes getting poop on, you need like I love a good old fashioned, you know, a good old Charleston, but I'm not gonna like set my house on fire if I don't get it. I feel like you know. If you are one that likes to be pooped on and someone don't like pooping on you, I mean, that's an immediate deal breaker. And also, like, brokering that subject is insane. That is Especially in, like, the Victorian era or whatever. Yeah. My only caveat, because I was already thinking about that. I was like, dude, bringing that up now, it's like, what date do you bring that Mm -hmm. up? When do you bring Mm -hmm. that into the equation? Now, let alone back then. But my only caveat to that, though, is back then... The Women gender were dynamics were just so different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That men mm-hmm. were, men could just, what was she going to do? I mean, I'm not saying he could force her to poop on him, but like, if she's like, no, she couldn't ruin him or nothing. You know what I mean? Like, right. no, like yeah. men could just get away with pretty much anything. But that's the only right. way that he makes it make yeah. any sense to me is that a man Agreed. could be like, 
you know, because otherwise it's like, bro, how did that ever come I mean, up? You know, or I mean, I, I guess you got to shoot your shot, or else you ain't never say, gonna get pooped I, on. You know, I think it's you know like they say it was reported have, that OBJ liked to get pooped on. Do you know that? LBJ or o, or o Odell B Beckham Jr. OBJ <laughs> Odell Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Either one is shocking to me. Uh, LBJ, but, you know, loved to pull his wiener out and piss on stuff and things of that nature. But I don't yeah, think he was getting for him. And, I, and OBJ, I have no idea if that's true. That was a rumor. <laughs> some sex worker, some escort, uh, you know, got a hold of TMZ or something and said that uh, she, she should be said, disbarred from sex work. But maybe she wasn't. Yep. Maybe it was just some thought. I don't remember. Some girl well, went to TMZ and said, hey, I fucked around with OBJ, and guess what? He liked to be poop on. Poop I mean, on. people do like to be having it yeah. done, and I don't think there's a rhyme or reason for who that affliction is going to be beset upon. Right. So, like, yeah, I mean, it it's not insane to think that OBG don't like to get pooped on. Uh, okay. So, Jesus Christ. Oh, I think if you're going to bring up shitting, uh, getting shit on by a lady, it has to be like Nelly did in the song uh, It's Getting Hot yeah. in Here. Hey, I'm, I'm just, just kidding like I'm just, Jason. Like Jason, unless you're going to do it. Unless you're going to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It has to be that. Like, you have to bring I, it up comically. I, I just quoted that without saying I was quoting it, hoping that, like, in a – I made a, a short video, like a 50-second video last week. It was when yeah. – I don't know if you saw it, but they're uh, – They've made a new flag. The MAGA crowd's made a new flag. It says Trump yeah, or death tow, on it. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. I thought you meant yeah. the new thin yellow line for the tow truck industry. No, it says Trump or death, right? They, yeah. like, unveiled it last week, and it was all the rage, just like on Thursday. God. So I was, so I made it like a 50-second video where I was like, oh, no, please don't. Imagine the impact on the flag economy, you know what I mean, or whatever. And, that and like, <laughs> and then I basically said something like, you know, fucking go ahead. Ah, shit, what did I say? I was like, oh, I said, like, you, you're really making yourself sound culty. Like, you know what? I'll make the Kool-Aid for you. I'm from the trailer park. Right. I know how to make it right. I'll get the ratios right, whatever. <laughs> I'll, line, I'll put pillows down for y'all. I'll, you know, I'll make it real, uh, you know. Uh, real easy onions if that's really what you want to do and then i and then i said i'm just kidding i'm just messing around unless you're gonna do it, gonna do right? it. And, yeah now everybody and, that's uh, our age gets that everybody see, that's and, our that's, age. and i was hoping i had this thing because i was like i didn't want to you know then go into like just so everyone knows that you know what and i mean i wasn't gonna do right. that but i also no, was like i really hope people take that as a reference an and yeah a, yeah because that's what it was meant to be like a reference as opposed to somebody yeah. being like you know he, you know, he's stealing that from Nelly or just not no, knowing dude. what I meant or whatever. I was, in, really, I was like, I was like, I really hope people get this. Yeah. In my <laughs> opinion, there's it only was funny two to end it with a Nelly reference. It's only going to be interpreted uh, th two different ways. It's going to be interpreted by some. First off, it makes sense even if you don't know the Nelly song. So a right. lot of people that don't know the Nelly song, your fans, the old, the decrepit, yes. the hanging on by a claw, um, they're not going to have understood the reference. But so it'll still make sense. And any of the millennial people, to me, that is like me and you say that to each other all the time, and me and my friends say that to each other mm -hmm. all the time. I think that's enough enough of a cultural touchstone musically that like they will know that you know, and we're doing that on purpose. Yeah. Um, anyways, all this shitting on him talk really makes the next letter make way more sense. This is James Joyce as well. <clears throat> my sweet little whorish Nora. 
you had an arse full of farts last night, darling. Big, <laughs> big fat fellows, long windy ones, quick little mm. merry cracks, and a lot of tiny little naughty farties ending in a long gush from your hole. <laughs> I think I would Damn. know. An- I mean, I'm impressed just hearing it's- about it. As somebody who appreciates farts, you know, like getting all those different varieties of farts yeah. from one butt in one <laughs> evening, you know what I'm saying? One one night, like one session, that's yeah. impressive. Because normally it right, don't be like usually, that. No, normally you have Your one butt's type in one of gear. fart. Yes, it is. Right. It is. It's like, Your butt gets in a certain these gear farts. and that's where you're at. You're like, okay, this is the kind of fart I got farting with right now. Yeah, it's not a, it's not the easiest thing to just switch gears. So she was like letting all these fly in one it's unreal. night. It's pretty impressive. A lot of very versatile asshole this Nora mm-hmm. had, uh, I'll say. Uh, lots of tiny little naughty farties ending in a long gush from your hole. I think I would know Nora's fart anywhere. <laughs> like he just hears a fart and he's like, "Shit, Nora's here. I'd know that fart anywhere." Uh, <laughs> I think I could pick hers out in a room full of farting women. It is a rather girlish noise, not like the wet, windy fart, which I imagine fat wives. <laughs> it is. Let me read that again for everybody that couldn't hear my laughter. It is a rather girlish noise, not like the wet, windy fart, which I imagine fat wives have. It is sudden and dry and dirty, like what a bold girl would let off in a in a fun in a school dormitory at night i hope nora will let off no end of her farts in my face so that i may know their smell also good night my little farting nora my dirty little fuck bird <laughs> never heard that one i my think i could little... come up with that one you know what i mean yeah you like, little, uh, yeah. yeah like <sighs> it's funny because some of this it's like yeah this is some real you know, erudite and articulate shit they're doing, you know, in these letters, which makes it hit harder. Yeah. But then he comes out with dirty little fuck bird. Yeah. I know, like that. One. Sort of sounds like a 12 year old, but it hits for me. I'm going to start saying good night, my little farting Amber, my dirty little fuck bird and just see yeah. what she says. And she might just be like, yeah, that is exactly what I am. Uh, she'll fart. There is one lovely word, darling. You have underlined to make me pull myself off better. Write me more about that and yourself, sweetly, dirtier, dirtier. Love, Jim. <laughs> he was not James. During that, this yeah, when you talk about all this Jim. fart and poop stuff, he's like, I'm Jim. Jim. I'm Jim, <laughs> goddammit. Not James, not Jimmy. That's Jim Ooh. talking. And it, that, I mean, that works. It, you know, yeah. that, that, that tracks for me. Like, <sighs> that's some Jim shit. Jim way more than uh, farts than James. Here's another one from James Joyce. He starts off uh, uh, with the same uh, uh, greeting. My sweet little whorish Nora, I did as you told me, you dirty little girl, and pulled myself off twice when I read your letter. I am delighted to see that you do like being fucked arseways. In other words, <laughs> in the butt. <laughs> yeah, right. That hit for me. When, you, when yeah. you let me fuck your butt, I was like, hell yeah. My little fuck hurt. <laughs> 
<laughs> that sure did hit for me. Uh, yes, now I can remember that night when I fucked you for so long backwards. It was the dirtiest fucking I ever gave you, darling. My prick was stuck in you for hours, fucking in and out under your upturned rump. Your I felt your fat, sweaty buttocks under my belly and saw your flushed face and mad eyes. At every fuck I gave you, your shameless tongue came bursting out through your lips, and if I gave you a bigger, stronger fuck than usual, fat, dirty farts came. <laughs> Sputtering, fat... <laughs> If I if I gave you a bigger, stronger fuck than usual, fat, dirty farts came sputtering out of your backside. I think he was making that pussy fart for the Yin Yang Twins. Yeah, sounds like. I it. don't think yes. that was butthole farts. I think that was queefs. Um, you which think I'm so? for. I don't know. This guy yeah. seems like he knows the difference. Well, that's true. He said out of your backside, but he's saying if I gave you a stronger one, like that seems like. By the way, I've ever told you. I'm sure that I have, but I don't care. Uh, I think make that pussy fart for the yin yang twins is also something that everybody our age knows. Um, uh -huh. and I was, I was in the kitchen one day and I was making myself a hot dog and I got the ketchup out and the ketchup went and Amber goes, yeah. Ooh, make that ketchup fart for the yin yang twins. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> the yin yang twins. Hope they're doing okay. Uh, here he goes back to, you had an arse full of farts that night, darling. And I fucked them out of you. Big fat fellows, long windy ones, quick little merry cracks. He's kind of repeating himself here a little bit. And a lot of tiny little naughty fartings ending in a long gush from your hole. Uh, huh. So he just, he kind of, you know, he starts, he, mm. he's running out of fart material and he's repeating. Yeah, right. Um, so anyways, all right. Number four <laughs> from James Joyce. Still from James. How many things you got? <laughs> uh, for, this is the last one from James Joyce. And then I had... I had uh, one that was a, while I was researching this, I found a letter of people talking shit. But actually, I would like to save that for next week because I, I, I kind of want to research. Because, like, Mark Twain had one, too, of, like, these old school, like, kind of like Twitter rebuttals between people yeah. uh, from yeah. the fancier time. So I'm going to save that. This is the last one. And I saved, I saved this for last because of the first fucking sentence. This is from James Joyce. As you know, dearest, I never use obscene phrases in speaking. <laughs> no. Jim, you have, old, old you have, Jimmy Buttfucker, <laughs> never. You have never heard me, have you, utter an unfit word before others. When men tell in my presence here filthy or lecherous stories, I hardly smile. Yet you seem to turn me into a beast. It was yourself, you naughty, shameless girl who first led the way. It was not I who first touched you long ago down at Ringsend. It was you who slid your hand down inside my trousers and pulled my shirt softly aside and touched my prick with your long, tingling fingers and gradually took it all, fat and stiff as it was, my man, into your hand and frigged me slowly until I came off through your fingers, all the time bending over me and gazing at me out of your quite saint-like eyes. It was your lips, too, which first uttered an obscene word. I remember well that night in bed in Pola, tired of lying under a man one night, you tore off your chemise, C-H-E-M-I-S-E, uh, chemise? 
I, I guess. Yeah, I don't you know. You tore off your chemise violently and began to ride me up and down. Perhaps the horn I had was not big enough for you, for I remember that you bent down to my face and murmured tenderly, fuck me up, love. Fuck me up. <laughs> That's not as good as the other one, but I had to save it for last because of the first line. As you know, I normally don't, <laughs> I normally right. don't say obscene things. But that's James Joyce, who, by the way, I got to tell you, I'm about to read so much of his work uh, because that man can turn a phrase and a butthole. Absolutely. Indeed, he can. Yeah, that was some wild <laughs> shit, literally. You think people you are going to be mad? You got some hidden airmails, right? I do. I do have some hidden airmail. Do you think people are going to be mad at me for how graphic that was, or you think they're going to be understanding? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Okay. Subject line, Corey's wrong about serial killers and their detection. Hey, guys, what? I always... Oh, that's right. We did. That's weird. Yeah. I didn't even think about the fact we I talked about that when we were talking about serial killers again earlier, but yeah. It, it's it's a blur. Um, Hey, guys, I always have many thoughts on every episode of POA, most of them high praise, of course, but I feel like Corey might find it interesting to know how wrong he is, LOL, on the subject of serial killers and how easily they're caught. I might be ruining your ability to sleep at night for the rest of your lives, and I hope not, but I'm telling you this shit anyway, since I already know it. The October 2019 Atlantic article I'm linking here is a quick and entertaining, if highly disturbing read, but the gist of it is captured well in this quote. Quote, Thomas Hargrove, the founder of the Murder Accountability Project, a nonprofit that compiles data on homicide, has examined how many unsolved murders are linked by DNA evidence. He believes that at least 2% of murderers are committed by serial offenders, translating to about 2,100 unidentified serial killers. Michael Arntfield, a retired police detective and the author of 12 books on serial murder, agrees that the FBI's projections are off. He blames patchy data, among other things, but thinks the number of active serial killers is more like 3,000 or 4,000. Thanks, thanks for your awesome show, and stay fancy, motherfuckers. Jasmine, and you can read my name if you end up reading this on the show. Well, Jasmine, thank you. And yes, you're right. You have just fucked me up. I don't like that. Yeah. It, I mean, 3, it's, still, it's a huge, that's a huge, that's a huge number, number either way. There's how only 36 those, quarterbacks, Trey. Right. There's only 50 states, you know. Right. So how many in each state? A bunch. 60. All right. Yeah. But anyway, like, uh, it, that could, I, how long, like, if somebody got, if I don't know if they tied two corpses together, like in terms of technique in the seventies, does that guy count? Even if it's never happened again since then, do you know what I'm saying? Like how many of them are open? Yeah. I mean, these like, you know what I mean? Like if you tied two corpses together, you can make, you can make some pretty funny nunchucks. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I do. I do know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> subject line. Corey is the man. Unless you don't read this, then you're a liberal bitch. Also, they're catching on mid, to you. They're for catching sure. on, buddy, and I love it. Medieval, medieval, medieval. <laughs> That's how uh, Oliver Platt says it in the movie Ready to Rumble. I'm going to make you my medieval puppy dog bitch. Medieval paper, rock, scissors. I forgot we brought this up. You and Trey were talking about medieval paper, rock, scissors, and uh, I and came up with a horse and mace, but didn't have the third. In my opinion, which isn't worth a shit, would be hay. 
Horses eat hay. Hay absorbs blow from mace. And of course, mace kills horse. That's not bad. Also, in talks of medieval torture, this is more modern day. I wish my sick mind could take credit for this, but seen it on the interwebs. So you put the subject in a glass room and the whole floor is a treadmill. What the? What? No, fuck? no. You're lying. I swear to God. Okay. I swear then, to then, fucking God. Then, 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 here's, then here's what happened. You read buddy, that. No. And, and got it conflated with the thing with your buddy or something. No. No, Trey. No, Trey. You want me to prove? You want me to fuck it? Hold on. Stay here. I'm going to prove right now that that is not fucking true. That is not what happened. It just is means that my buddy. from your buddy who didn't know he was no, going to no, run into it, you? Him. No, it's not. It's not. I swear to God, it's not. He don't know how to fucking email, dude. He was in the war. Hold on. All right. So basically, he, you're, you're looking at a uh, like a treadmill, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's sandpaper. So. I recorded his ass saying all this earlier. He and this is not him. This is not him at all. Like this is from I ain't gonna say his name, but it's not from him. Thomas did tell me. He said I afterwards. He said this was inspired by something I once saw, but I made it more graphic. Right. So like. So they saw it, the same thing. They saw the same thing, but I was like, how the fuck have two people heard of this torture thing that I didn't get when I was reading uh, my torture shit? Uh, but anyway, well, I'm not going to read this because, uh, you know, we super wild, though. That that's is like super a, wild. That's a crazy intense uh, Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. The stuff uh, that I can tell right by there. reading this, the stuff that Thomas added was the heat and stuff mm -hmm. like that and putting the spikes on the walls. And Thomas also said, that <laughs> how did I not? I'll I'll send you this audio file, but Thomas also said that he would uh be filtering in dead fish and fart smells. I forgot, I forgot that. Um, okay, last one, and I'm so glad that we're back to this. Remember, putting on airs at gmail.com. I want to read all your emails, but if it's a fucking limerick, I'm definitely going to. Subject line: More limericks for that ass. Hey, dudes, just stretching my pen again for you. Read it or don't, but I thought I might steal a laugh from you. <clears throat> Offensive is great for a bit. Our thanks for not throwing a fit. Our insides aren't dead, lest it always be said, 9-11 and Hitler don't hit. <laughs> yeah. Thomas says that, Love it. In that recording, by the way. He's talking about yeah. how much 9-11 and Hitler don't hit. All right. No souls in those pieces of meat. Fluffy dumpsters from head to feet. Not just a part-time hobby. When I say, can you fly Bobby? Firmly grasp the squirrel and then yeet. Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, can you fly Bobby is a RoboCop reference. And I know that yeah. because I just got through watching RoboCop. Um, last one here. Corey and Trey stay dropping hits. Well-read POA and comedy bits. From Scotland to France, best believe they hold hands, but swear it's not gay to touch lips. <laughs> Love y'all. Mm -hmm. Ross. Uh, no, he said great. touch lips, not lips. <laughs> yeah. Even gayer. Oh, Even my gayer. God. Well, man, this was a Knock fucking fun episode, Trey. And, it was. Uh, I want you to tell everybody right now where they can see you in the next couple of days. This weekend, I'm in uh, Austin, Texas at Vulcan uh, tonight and tomorrow night, if you're listening, Friday and Saturday. Then after that, I got a big-ass Ohio run in Lexington, Kentucky, and a bunch of places afterwards. Go to TreyCrowder.com. Also, at TreyCrowder.com, you can pre-order our book, Round Here and Over Yonder, coming out next week, very soon. That's right. 
That's right. Do that. Um, I am going to be uh, headlining the Lookout Comedy Festival in Chattanooga, Tennessee on October the 19th, I believe. I think you can get those tickets at LookoutComedyFestival.com, uh, but uh, I'm, it's in Chattanooga. You can Google stuff, and also I'll send the link to Dad so he makes sure it's down there. Come see me, Chattanooga. Uh, hometown show. Haven't done one in a while. I'm super pumped. Um, and also, yes, please Please, if you do nothing else that we tell you, go pre-order the book Round Here and Over Yonder. That link is also in the description. And if you got an extra five bucks laying around, I do stuff at parttimefunnyman.com. Audio dramas, all that stuff. But the most important thing of all time is that you stay fancy, motherfuckers. How about that? Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on MLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out no house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com.